Welcome to It's All About the Questions, where learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve lifelong success. Now, here to help you ask all the right questions is award-winning author, international speaker, and business strategist, Laura Stewart. Good morning, afternoon, and evening, and everyone, and welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. It's so exciting to have you all here. And, you know, the best laid plans of mice and men, when you're going live, all sorts of things can happen. Like January disappeared, and I didn't do a show, and I'm so sorry about that, everybody. Lots of health stuff, lots of other challenges going on, and we'll do the best we can, right? As I've often talked about, perfectionism is something that we all need to learn to let go of and be okay with how the day unfolds. Do the best you can each and every day with whatever you're doing and try to do it with a little bit of grace for yourself too because I know lately these last five, six weeks, not had a lot of grace towards myself, but every time I do, life just seems to flow a little bit better and my next interaction always goes so much smoother. So I want to thank you all for being here with me today. I've got an amazing, amazing guest on the show today. She is a personal and very dear friend who I could spend all day with and still never run out of things to say because I just love her energy. I love who she is as a human being on the planet. And I also kind of miss being able to just hop on the train from Connecticut to go to New York to see her. She's just one of those people that you want in your life. And I'm not even just talking about her amazing knowledge, the wisdom that she has that she's going to share with us today. For an intro to her, everybody, let's give the basic summary. She is an Emmy Award-nominated producer, Oprah, Anderson Cooper, many, many shows that she has produced um, with people in domestic violence situations or celebrities, uh, specials, documentaries. Plus, she has helped thousands of people get their messages so clear that they appear on all those shows that she used to produce. She's helped people get on Shark Tank, do TED Talks, get on the Today Show, the Good Morning Show, all the morning shows. I can't tell you enough about her. Her um, bio is so many pages, it's not even worth saying because we're just gonna leap right into the show today so you can understand all the wisdom that Rachel Hanfling has to offer. So Rachel, welcome to the show. I hope I didn't totally embarrass you with that intro. I am so happy to be here with you as well. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's so great to have you here. And we've already got um, people watching the show who have commented, oh, can't wait for this. So um, this, is, this is exciting. Rachel, you know, I've known you, I was trying to figure out exactly how long I've known you at this point. We met in California at a Brendan Burchard event that you were speaking at. Yeah. We bonded over photos of dogs. Did we? <laughs> yes, we did. There okay. was this whole crowd of people all swarmed around you. And next thing you know, you and I were talking about dogs. <laughs> I, I, I'm impressed that you remember that. Go ahead. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, it's those little things that give yeah. you the humanity of a person is what I always feel. So, Today, one of the things I really want to focus on is pretty much your story as well, because I think it helps people understand why telling your story 
can make such a huge difference in people's lives. You've spent your life, your, your whole career, and even before that, trying to understand why some people are successful speaking, why some people have just been able to create messages that change the world and to help them. So where did that come from in your life? Well, I certainly didn't envision my life at this point. This whole mission of mine came from my childhood. And growing up, I can I can remember it so clearly. I would lie in bed at night when I was in elementary school. It was the beginning, going into a new school year. And I would just be lying there after everyone, everyone in our home went to sleep. And I'd be hoping and I'd be praying that this was the year that I would develop a circle of friends. Ah. Uh. And, you know, I'd go back to school every year and it would be the same thing. I would be on the outside looking in. It wasn't like I got bullied. It was more like people just didn't care that I existed. Oh, and, and I, I felt that's how I felt. And okay. so nobody was paying attention to me. And that was very painful. But I started paying attention to them. And looking back on it, it was quite strategic, but it was not it was not intended as strategic at the time. Nobody was focusing on me, so I started paying attention to how these popular kids that I wanted to include me talked and what their body language was like and what their facial expressions were like and how they reeled people into conversations and escapades and took people along with them. And then I also fell in love with this box that lived in our family den. And that box was the television. Yes. And every night at six o'clock, as we waited for my father to come home from work, my mother and my sister and I would watch the evening news. And even as a young child, I could tell that the newscasters were doing with people on a very large scale what I was trying to do with people one-on-one -on -one and in small groups, which was get people interested. Right. So you're reeling them in and then you're keeping them interested and then you're keeping them interested in more so that they continue to stay with you and go on a journey night after night, year after year. So I studied them too how they talked, what their facial expressions were like, what their bodies were like. And the kids at school, my neighborhood, social exchanges, and the TV became my learning. And after a number of years, I'd say by the time I got to high school, I did figure out how to make a circle of friends. And because of that, I treasure every relationship. I believe so much more than I would have had I not had that struggle 
going on from a very young age. And when it came time to choose a career, I chose the career that had been my love since I was a young kid, which was television. I didn't know anybody. It seemed a bit unrealistic at the time, but I knew that I could go into this very exciting world where I would get to tell other people's stories and shine a light on other people who wanted to get the word out there about themselves and their mission. Listening to that story, and I've heard parts of it before, but not all of it before. The thing that strikes me is number one, it's hard to believe that you were this shy girl who didn't have friends because I only know this person that is somebody you want to know. Right. And that there's so many layers to you that are exceptional that every year I know you, I learn a little bit more. But that is such a huge thing to say that you weren't making friends, but you wanted that. And there's so many of my listeners out there. You know, this is my going on, I think I'm going on my ninth year doing this show that they have that same problem. And they're like, well, how did that person get out there? How come I can't? My message is just important. Or I want to be friends with those people. I want to be included when people do those things. But for whatever reason, they don't feel that they can do what you did. They don't even know the first steps to take to make themselves I don't, I hate using the word magnetic, but make them somebody that somebody wants to engage in a conversation. So when those people are out there, what do you say to them? How do you begin getting them to come out of their shell to even approach somebody like you and say, I have options? Well, there's so much there in what you just said, and thank you for saying that about me. I I actually like the word magnet because it's describing what's actually happening. And without getting too geeky, the way I think- well, You know that, I'm a geek, so go geek. It's fine. Okay. okay. Yeah. I think being a geek is a great thing. Yeah. I Okay. So if you think about physics, right? In inter every interaction has an equal and positive. I might be messing up the physics of it because, to be honest, I'm not a physicist. But let me tell you about communication because that I do know. Okay. In every communication, you are either drawing people towards you or you're pushing them away. Sometimes it's very obvious what's happening. Like you get this visceral, you know, stop sign uh, about the interaction. And this is, by the way, this applies whether it's one in one or one in front of billions of people. More often, it's very subtle. You don't even realize it's happening, but over time, it adds up to either getting closer to somebody or moving away from somebody. So it's like a magnet and you feel pulled towards somebody or you don't. And it it is based on how you feel in their presence. 
we spend so much time on what we think and what we think matters. It matters what words we say and how we say them and, and facts, you know, facts matter, all that matters. But people are either going to move towards you or move away from you based on how they feel about themselves and their place in the world in your presence. And then they're going to use facts to justify that. So, um, So if somebody is in a place where they don't even know how to start. They want to be getting, they want more people to be drawn to them either personally or professionally for whatever it is they're trying to put out there into the world. It might even be, you want a promotion, you want um, a spouse, you want a partner, you want something, (laughs) your charity and you need money to come in, whatever, right? So it's attracting whatever. Get that everybody out there. It's not just about getting media. This lesson that Rachel's talking about applies to all areas of your life. Okay, go ahead. Absolutely. It does apply to media. Let's say you want media attention. This absolutely applies to media. It applies to if you want to be a keynote speaker or if you're a leader at work and you want to up-level your leadership skills so that you can get your team to do what you want them to do and be a cohesive team. It applies in if you're trying to get a job. Um, I mean, what is trying to get a job? It is trying to get somebody to want to come closer to you so they can hire you. And and it applies anytime you go to a party, whether that's a party in real life or mm-hmm. it's a party online. You know, it is any social interaction. So I, why don't we start with the first principle of effective communication. Perfect. Fabulous. Okay. First principle of effective communication is meet people where they are to take them where you want them to go. So what does that actually mean? That means when you are talking to achieve a purpose, I'm not talking about if you're in therapy or if you're unloading on a close friend or something. That's not what I'm talking about here. We all need spaces where we can just unload, okay? That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about if you're talking to achieve a desired end result. It's not about you. It's about your audience, whether that's one person who's your audience or that's billions of people. It's about your audience. What does your audience want? What does your audience care about? What does your audience need? What don't they even know they need or want or care about? And how can you find the intersection of what your audience needs and what you have to share so that you are giving it to them like the best gift they ever received? Bob Berg would call that the law of stratospheric value. Okay, um, I've never okay. heard that. What does that oh, mean? Oh my gosh. So um, I, I need to send you the book, The Go-Giver. But okay. it's this whole idea of you're providing value to them. Right. And when you provide value from truly who you are, that's when you're going to make a difference for people. 
and that that's what I, I hear you saying. I just want to make sure I grasped all that before we went on. This idea of it's not about you, but in some way it is because it can be transformative for you too when you see the people move forward to where you would love them to go. It is being authentic, but it's also taking what there is to give of you and packaging it right in okay. a way that it is exactly what they need. So if okay. you come to me to be coached by me, probably the first question I'm going to ask you is who's your audience? Because great question. I'm not going to be coaching you the same way for every audience. I'm not going to be creating this one speech that you're going to go out and give everywhere all the time because your audience and your situation are not going to be the same every time. So when you open your mouth strategically, you are giving the best of yourself, but you're giving it in a way that it truly, if you're doing it at the highest level, you're giving it in a way that your audience is thinking, oh, I needed that. Oh, how did how did she get inside my head? Wow, right. Um, you know, I was thinking that. Oh wow. It's like she's talking to me, even if it's hundreds or thousands or millions of people you're talking to. That's that's a really uh, fascinating point because as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking about all the times I've spoken, all times I've been on TV or radio or podcast, or I've had people come on my show, right? Eight years, like, I don't know, 380 episodes or whatever. And <laughs> thank you. And it's interesting, the people who haven't figured out who my audience is, what they are listening for. And all they want to do is give the exact same message over and over and over again. Like they don't even hear what question I may be asking them or somebody may be asking them. They're just like, no, I have to say these three things. And those episodes, they, they go to me, well, why didn't it land? Why didn't they get me? You know, how come nobody reached out, which is unusual for nobody to reach out after one of my, my shows, especially when I was on broadcast for five years. So how does somebody begin to take that first thing that you're talking about where know who your audience is and present to that audience to move them forward? So how do you begin doing that? So... Because I'm media trained by you, so I apply that on my show <laughs> with my guests. So could I ask you a question? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So when you're interviewing somebody who fits that description that you just gave, how does that feel to you as the host? Frustrating. Very frustrating. And not only frustrating, I'm trying to think of the right word for it, angry. Right. Because it was obvious that they don't care about my show or my audience. They just wanted to, it felt like I was being used by them. And I consider it an honor to have guests on my show and expose them to my listeners. So it felt like they just didn't care. 
And I want to be texting them saying, take a break in your sentence. <laughs> Let me get a word in edgewise and ask you a question or try to reroute you. And uh, sometimes I've wanted to end the interview. When I was live on broadcast, that wasn't always an option to um, may say something. I did say to one person, I'm sorry, you're not allowed to advertise on my show. You have to provide value. And the person was like, ah, I don't know what to do. Okay, so I think if you were to put all those feelings in a bucket, right. that's in the bad bucket, like the bucket that yeah. you don't want to be doing, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> okay, so when, some, so when you are appearing on someone's show, the first audience that you have is the host. And then, but but that's not all, you have multiple audiences. And, and the next audience is the listeners. And people know, like they know in their gut when they're being talked at instead right. of connecting. And when you feel like somebody is just reverting to their talking points and trying to sell you something, I believe that people have this visceral just no, no. I it doesn't feel good. When you feel that somebody's giving to you with an open hand and an open heart without expectation, even though it is a strategy, I mean it, it, I want to be clear, it is a strategy. Right. But when you feel that somebody is doing that, giving to you, that feels good. And then you, more often than not, whether now or 10 years from now, you want to give back. And that's why that's actually principle number two of effective communication, give. And, you know, often people, when I say that, they'll say, well, I also need to sell. Right. <laughs> and you do. Because they're on there, you're looking for media to sell something, right. whether it's a world change, whether it's a widget, whether it's a bottle of smart water, <laughs> whatever it may be. Right. Okay. Right. So whatever it is you're selling, and it doesn't have to be a monetary exchange, as you just said, whatever it is you're selling, um, when your audience feels heard, listened to, seen, um, valued, loved. And I'm actually saying loved because love doesn't always have to mean romantic. When, when your audience feels those things, they're more open to what it is you want to give. But if you're talking at them or you're talking down to them or you're pushing them, they're going to want to, they're going to want to move away. So it's selling without hard selling. That's one way to put it. It's so interesting because in my training with people, I actually am tra training people to sell, but I personally don't love using that word. Okay. So what not word? that there's 
anything wrong with sales or anybody who sells things, but I, I believe that the act of being sold doesn't always feel good. And when you can think of sales as giving to people okay. what you know will make them better, whatever it is, whether it's that widget or a cause that you're trying to sell or a course or whatever it is, that that's the kind of sales I want to do. I want to be okay. I want to be selling to people because I know what I'm selling is going to make them better and they're excited about that too and we're going to go on a journey together because I care about their success and they're invested as a partner. Now a lot of times when you get media, unlike my show, which is a longer format, you right. may only have five to 10 minutes at the most to get in. We've only talked about two, two rules here so far, right? To effective communication. I mean, how do you get all this stuff in? And I know there are more. And, and at the end, we're going to have a link, everybody, that'll be for those watching the video uh, live stream. You'll see the link come across. And in the description, once we go to podcast, I'll also have the link there for everybody. So go ahead, Rachel. <laughs> okay. So it's funny you mentioned that. I, it was probably intentional knowing you because the next rule of effective communication is simple is smart. So there are three principles of effective communication. Meet people where they are to take them where you want them to go. Give and simple is smart. Meet people where you want them meet people where they are to take them where you want them to go is the big overarching principle. Any problem you're having in communication for the rest of your life from this point forward, if it's not going well, you can come back to that principle and that principle is the solution. And give and simple is smart are the two, I'd say, subcategories of that that amplify number one. Simple is smart. The less time you have, the more it behooves you to understand what you have to say, how you're going to say it, and say it using as little time as possible. So if something could take a minute, you shouldn't be taking three minutes. If something could take 30 seconds, you shouldn't be taking a minute. You get the idea. Right. And you have to do that in advance if you want to maximize the opportunity. Because the reality is media opportunities and many opportunities in life, whether it's giving a keynote, leading a group, uh, selling something, right. going on an interview, whatever they are, most of them you don't get a second chance at. And it behooves you to do the work before so that you reap the rewards that you're hoping to get from the opportunity. And it can be really frustrating when you have this tremendous opportunity and it just doesn't land the way you wanted it to. Right. And often, not always, but very often that's because you didn't prepare. 
I'm laughing <laughs> only because you reminded me of, of something I kind of wanted to forget. <laughs> oh no, what was that? I, I did really well with it though, right? I was speaking at an event and I wasn't the keynote at that event, but I was one of the, one of the main speakers. And as I'm getting ready to walk on stage, I get approached by the event coordinator's person saying she would like you to cut 15 minutes. We're 15 minutes behind and she knows you're the only person that can help us make it back up. I only had a half an hour. And she told me, I, as I'm like about to be, the guy's introducing me, I need you to cut 15. <laughs> and I did. Well, I cut, I, instead of 30 minutes, I did 17. <laughs> pretty good. Which was pretty good because on the fly, I am literally reordering every single one of my thoughts, every single one of my my PowerPoint deck, which is I only use images so that it just triggers for me to speak. And I got a standing ovation, which was amazing. But I'm laughing because obviously I didn't go there at that event to speak in front of over, I think there were a couple of thousand people and expect to have to cut my thing by half. But when somebody asks you to, especially an event planner that runs a lot of events and somebody you happen to personally like, you try to do it. So your, your last rule, simple is smart. If I didn't know my material so well, I wouldn't have been able to do it. And it ended up being incredibly effective doing it in that short period of time as well. And I started using that shortened version for other things. So that it, uh, just an example that popped up of how powerful that one rule is. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting about what you just said, thinking of what you have to say and your message, like an accordion. Okay. When you're thinking of your message, there are many manifestations of that message. There's the message that's a sentence. There's a message that's 30 seconds. There's the message that's 17 minutes. There's the message that could be 60 minutes. And understanding that the goal isn't to get your signature talk down and then that's it. It's just kind of goes in a box and you cart it around everywhere you go. Um, the goal is to be so comfortable with what you are sharing that you understand how to tailor it to wherever you are and whatever your need is and be able to adapt on the fly. And because you show up you're not a, I have my talking points. I've memorized my whole speech. Okay, I'm going to go and deliver it. You were not doing that. You were able to shorten your speech and have it be successful. However, if you had just crafted this 30-minute speech that you memorized and then you were going to go out there and deliver that, most likely you would not have been able to right. adapt. I Definitely would not have been. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. And I actually had a blast. I mean, doing it, including the one time that I literally fell on stage. And you I'm fell? Like, oh, what yeah. Happened so when you fell? My, my heel caught, you know, on, on the big risers where there's multiple um, pieces, my heel caught on a separator. And I was so happy I was wearing pants. <laughs> For the Brits, I was wearing slacks in addition to pants. Found out that pants mean something different in the UK. <laughs> and I went down. What does it mean? Underwear. Really? Oh, I, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I don't know if they still think of it that way, but I was in England for six weeks at a company helping convert some systems back when I did corporate. Anyway, and I said, oh, I was at this store and I bought pants. And all the guys looked at me like really weirdly. And I, I went, okay, what did that mean to you? Right. <laughs> and they said underwear. And I went, no, 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 I bought slacks. Got it. <laughs> and, and it worked out really well. But knowing your material and being willing to roll with the punches very much sounds like all three of those combined. Yeah, it yeah. really is. And the interesting thing about it is – it's possible somebody's listening to this or watching us and thinking, well, that sounds obvious. Meet people where they are to take them where you want them to go, give and simple is smart. Like that's so simple. And it is. The reality is also that the more and more you master it, the more successful of a communicator you become, no matter where you're communicating. So I'll have students that will work with me for years and years and something maybe doesn't go the way they hoped because when you put yourself out there you are going to fail sometimes or not meet your own expectations and so we'll reassess what happened we'll do a post-mortem and the first question is always like okay what what do you think was going on with your audience were you meeting them where they were you know, it's always going back to that because when you're not being successful, that's the problem. And it's very easy to get hung up on something going wrong when you're presenting versus being able to pivot. Like when I was laying on my back on the floor <laughs> on the stage and you hear the <gasps> from everybody in the audience, but because... I knew my audience at that point. I was like, okay, they're worried about me. The event staff's all worried about me. I was like, oh, hey, have you ever looked up at the ceiling? It's kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I broke the ice and it was fine. And the only reason I was able to do that was because I saw another speaker do that. Yeah. So you're actually talking about another thing as well. You're talking about being able to be in the moment and instead of having the audience feel bad for you in that moment and feel uncomfortable, mm -hmm. you made it funny. And then they were fine because yeah. they knew you were cool. You did, They didn't have to take care of you, feel bad for you. And everybody could just move on. You did that well. It was, it was quite hysterical when I got up and I was very happy to get some ibuprofen afterwards. But... It's yeah. the whole idea 
of media training and working with somebody like you, Rachel. Yeah. Is it to run through all the different scenarios or is it to, and maybe it's none of these, right? Or is it to draw out of you what seems like something you know so well, but may not hit, say, that first one or the second one of giving even? So I'm trying to, for my listeners, because a lot of them are like, I don't need a media trainer, as you just said. I don't need somebody to help me craft my speech. So what is it that enables you, because you are uniquely amazing at this, to help them? Why? Why should they even care or consider something like this to help them get it out of them? So the beginning part of your question, I think it's both learning how to get something out of you and also get something out there. Um, The second part of the question, every day we all walk through the world trying to achieve something. Sometimes it's something huge, like a once in a lifetime kind of thing. Sometimes it's something small. If you're not getting the results you want in any of those interactions, I'm going to assume that your listeners, just like you, are really great at what they do. So if you're great at what you do and what you're doing makes sense, and yet you're not getting the results you want, what's most likely to be the problem? And that is how you're communicating it. So if you care about achieving whatever desired results it is, launching your book, um, um, launching your program, uh, representing your company. Uh, creating a company and getting creating a company. Yeah, anything. Um helping people with whatever. If you care about that, you care about your results, it is, it behooves you if you want to do that at the highest level to care about how you share that. And when you do and you put energy into that and you invest in that, you're honoring your audience, you're honoring yourself, and what you have to give, and you then get greater results. Does that make It does. Does that it land does. with you? Yeah, it does. And I had pictures of Taylor Swift and J-Lo going through my head recently with some different brand things that happened and the way they've communicated different things. But I'm not, I'm not going to go into them other than JLo on SNL where her hair thing started coming out and she's in the middle of a song and she's just like never even phased her. She just ripped it out of her hair and kept on going like it was nothing. Right. And Taylor Swift with the Celine Dion at, at the Grammys and like, how do you recover from things and looking at your messaging and branding? So with what you just said, and, and I, I know you said that we hit the three effective communication things. You can recover from most anything. Like I was leading a mastermind a couple weeks ago 
amazing people flew in from all around the country to do exactly what we're talking about, learn how to become more visible, successfully visible, so that they can achieve whatever it is they're trying to achieve. So we're at the beginning of the day, and I'm having a hot flash. And I'm like, there's no way everybody doesn't see this. I'm sweating and we're about to start the day, right? So everybody's gonna be looking at me and seeing me sweating. There's no way around that. So what did I do? Out of the gate, I said, we're gonna see how many hot flashes I have today. And anybody, you know, wants to take a guess at that. Let's keep a log. I don't know. I said something like that. Everybody laughed. And then it was fine. Like it was totally fine. And then we moved on. Elephant in the room is acknowledged and no power. It was totally fine. And my photographer said to me later, I think what you did in that moment was you said, I'm human. It made them, at least this was her interpretation of it. She said, I think they liked you more and they felt more comfortable showing the human parts of themselves because right out of the gate, you showed you were human too. And so when people talk about, like when people come to me and a really common fear that people who have a fear of public speaking have is that they are going to forget everything they have to say. That can happen. Oh, it's it's, happened. (laughs) Right. That can happen. Um, It's, let's say that happens. It's how you handle it in the moment. It's how you center yourself and you let the thoughts come back into your head and you remember where you wanted to be going and then you begin again and somehow or other you interject some form of humanity so that everyone in the audience sees oh he or she they're just like me sometimes they forget what they're going to say and i feel more connected to them because of it people are going to feel more connected to you when they see when they see who you really are, not just like some perfect robotic presentation. I know we got a little off track, but <laughs> it's an it's an important it's an important concern that people have right. that needs that that doesn't need to be the reason why they don't put themselves out there. And, and yet very often it is because we look at a flaw that we perceive in our face, in our being, in whatever. We just like, well, there's no way I could go for media. Maybe I'll just do radio or Mm -hmm. podcasts, but preferably one that's not like what you and I are doing where we've got video going because I don't like the way I looked or I'll be self-conscious. And that is part of effective communication as well, correct? How you present physically, but not necessarily the way you look, but mannerisms. I, I laugh because I laugh at myself. Sometimes you think I I talk with my hands. And I've done that when I'm on the phone with somebody and I'm gesturing and I go, 
I think you can see what I'm talking about gesturing, but obviously you can't. So how much does that factor, the visual aspect of presenting your messaging? It's a really good question. We live in a visual world and we, and to not acknowledge that would be delusional. That said, I believe that people are caring about how they connect with you. And fundamentally, most people, most of the time, are thinking more about how they think and how they feel in any given situation than they are about how you look. And, and I actually had this come up in a group today and a student of mine was telling me that um, someone in her life always says exactly that to her. And I raised this because this is so common that people don't want to put themselves out there because of however they feel about their appearance. The reality is, well, first of all, that's a very real thing. And I understand. I really do. I also know that whatever you have to give, you meaning anybody listening, me, you, everybody, is so much bigger than the way we look. And when we can step outside that and focus on what we are giving to somebody, not our own appearance or whatever insecurities we have were more successful. In fact, that is a very successful strategy in combating fear of public speaking for whatever reason, whatever anxiety you have about putting yourself out there. When you try to as much as you can Focus on your audience, how much you can give to them, how much you can be giving them, whether you're talking to a boardroom or whether you're talking, you know, on media or wherever you are. When you're focused on your audience and what you're giving them and how you can make that the most amazing gift they've ever received, you're less in your own head with your own fears, your own insecurities. It's just human nature. You can't be focused on both at the same time. So it helps you be more confident. Yeah, that's, I think that's what I do is I've always focused more on the audience. Even the first time I I did public speaking, I never thought about it, but the way I got over my nerves was what if I can make a difference for one person here? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when I think of it that way, it's like my whole goal is to say something that will make a positive difference in somebody's life. Yeah. Because I was present that day. So, so it's how, about them. It's right. about them. It's not about you. If somebody is struggling. Yeah. Right. We've talked about 
the the three the three steps the three things i love the simple is smart i love the giving and i love taking them where they want to go you know be meet people where they are and where you want to take them to but what is a step what is an action my listeners are sitting here right now and they're listening to this. maybe they're driving their car, hopefully not watching the video version while they're driving the car. They're listening to the podcast, uh, which, by the way, the other day, everybody, we, we hit uh, top 100 in several different countries. So thank you, everybody, for that. What's, a, what's the first thing they should start asking themselves to begin crafting their messaging to help them move forward? So the first step actually goes back to something that we were talking about earlier. The first question is always, who's your audience? What does your audience care about? What does your audience want? What does your audience need? What, do, what are they, what is your audience afraid of? Um, all kinds, understanding your audience. Then simultaneously or right after, you need to understand yourself. Okay, what am I trying to share with that audience? What is, how do, if you could ask yourself one question in any interaction, once you know who your audience is, after that, you want to say to yourself, how do I want my audience to feel in, in this interaction with me? And when they leave this interaction with me, how do I want them to feel about themselves and their place in the world? So say that, one more, say that one more time, because that was that was a, I would say tweetable moment, but we don't do that anymore. <laughs> oh, okay, it's an exable moment. Um, it's an exable. <laughs> uh, is that a word? I don't know. Yeah, but uh, how? Do I want to make my audience feel about themselves and their place in the world, mm. both when they're with me and when they leave me? How do I want to make them feel? So like when I'm coaching people, whether they're new to me or whether they've been with me for a long time, I want them to feel lots of things. But I would think the most overarching thing I want them to feel is that it is possible for them to mm. be better right. because if you don't believe that it's going to be possible, then you're probably not going to put energy into it. And so I want people to feel their own possibilities. I believe that people are capable of so much more than they often know they are. Right. Um, so, Think about how you want your audience to feel and then ask yourself this question. And the feeling part is more important than this question, but this question is important too. Then ask yourself, okay, so the person leaves the room, they leave the conference, they leave wherever it is that they leave this podcast. What is the one thing you want them to remember? So they turn to their friend and their friend says, well, what was that about? What are they going to say in one sentence? And set that as an intention before you go in. And then you work backwards 
from there. Okay, you know how you want your audience to feel. You know what the one thing is that you want them to remember. And you work backwards from there. When okay. I'm talking to people, I want them to understand that learning to speak effectively is a skill. Like anything else, some people are born with more talent than others. But learning to speak effectively is something anybody can do. No matter what amount of talent or lack of talent you start with. And just like anything else, learning to walk, learning to swim, you can learn to be an effective speaker with the right training and the right practice and, you know, sustained over time. I feel like that's a perfect place to end. I mean, that was so eloquent and so perfect. I was going to ask you the question, what do you want? What's the one thing you want people to take away and remember? And you just did that. Oh, well, <laughs> you think you're a media me trainer. You actually did. You kind of teed it up and, yeah. yeah. But yeah. I will say, anybody who listens to your podcast, they're getting a crash course in how to interview. So often, I mean, there are many great interviewers, so I'm not taking away from other people. I, I just want to highlight you. you. You do your research going in, and then just like a great speaker, you let the conversation unfold instead of being married to a list of questions that you might have had going in. So you have these ideas going in because you did your preparation, which allows you to do a great interview, right? <laughs> but if the interview takes a turn that you didn't expect or something else is super cool or whatever it is, you, just like you were in that speech that went from 30 to 17, you're ready to pivot. And that's what makes an interesting interviewer and an interesting podcast. Well, thank you. That means the world coming from you. So thank you. Well, it's just true. Oh, I appreciate that very, very much. And I appreciate you being on the show. And I've, told everybody at the beginning that there was something that you were going to offer that they can just go to. And all anybody has to do is, you know, enter their email address to get it. You've covered a number of things today, but I love what you're offering to people to help them get started beyond what we talked about today. So I'm going to post it up on, on the video underneath, and then I'm going to let you talk about it. So it's rachelhandfling.com slash the number five minutes. Uh, so www.rachelhandfling.com slash the number five minutes. Um, yep. tell us about my it. name is a little bit tough to spell. So that's R-A-C-H-E-L-H-A-N-F-L-I-N-G.com slash five minutes. And why should you go there? Because when you go to that site and you enter your email, you're going to get a video from me that forwards the conversation that you've been listening to in this podcast. It's only five minutes, but it breaks down in that short period of time. It breaks down some really important points so that you are more impactful every time you speak. 
whether your hope is to get media attention, whether your hope is to be a great speaker, whether your hope is to sell something or lead somebody, wherever you are opening your mouth. And I would love to have you receive that. That's great. And we didn't even get into how to pitch or anything like that. You've got tons of programs, tons of courses, lots of information on your website for all of that stuff. Yeah, yes. I mean, you've, you've helped craft for many, many people to get exceptional recurring appearances on media and, and they can go to that or they can reach out to you from your website. What's the yep. best way for them to find yep. you? Um, you can find me through that same link, rachelhampling.com slash five minutes, and you will be connected into my website where I send all kinds of fabulous information and tips that'll help you become a more effective speaker and uh, reach out to me personally as well, if you would like. Great. Cause you're so much about helping people shine their light and shine the light out in the world. And, that's one of the things that I think in this day and age is even more critical every day is for each of us to shine our light to help the world. I couldn't agree with you more. Learning how to be an effective speaker is critical in any time, but I feel that right now where we are in the world, it's even more urgent because when we speak, we want our speech to land so that we can achieve what we want. And we don't want to push people away unnecessarily or hurt people unnecessarily. We want to be able to connect so that we all can be better. So everybody, you can learn how to connect. Go to rachelhandfling.com slash the number five minutes. Rachel, thank you so much for being here with me today. I could talk to you forever and ever and ever. As I said, it's always great. It is an uh, honor to hang with you. Thank you. And hug your puppy for me and say hi to the boys. All right. I will. I will. Thank you again. I hope you got a lot out of that, everybody. It's always special having Rachel on the show. Whether you're using it because you want to get media attention or to be more effective in your relationships, in business, whatever it may be, I hope you take what she said to heart. Think about the three things. If you cannot remember the three things, play this over again and also go to rachelhandfling.com slash five minutes. And she's there to help you like I am. And remember everybody at the end of the day, the right questions can change your life. So what are you asking today? Have a great day, everyone. Shine your light. You've been listening to It's All About the Questions, starring Laura Stewart. Connect with Laura at itsallaboutthequestions.com and download a free workbook that will help you ask better questions starting today.